Hey there, my name is Jesse Smith and I'm an employer brand specialist here at UiPath. Experimenting is a part of our culture, so we decided to create a series of podcasts where we interview different employees to find out who they are, what projects they're tackling, and why they choose to work at UiPath. I was really honored to speak with our next three guests and I hope you enjoy listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This episode, we are honoring Black History Month, which occurs every year in the month of February, though every month we ought to be highlighting, discussing, and learning about Black stories as well. I have three guests joining me today for today's conversation. Monica, who is our Total Rewards Program Manager and has her Master's in Business Administration. Mosa Mola, who's our HRIS Analyst and has her Master's in Industrial and Organizational Psychology. And Robert who is our Senior Program Manager of Learning Alliances and Certification and has his Master's in Technology and Public Policy. Welcome to the show, everyone, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. So, Mo, we obviously have worked together quite a bit throughout the last two-plus years we've been at UiPath, and you are my go-to person for any workday question or reporting needs I might have. And you're probably the most responsive person I've ever worked with in my entire career. Um, I wanted to start out this conversation by asking you, like, how is your experience being a Black employee in a tech company? And how has that journey been like so far? Thanks. Um, it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> and I don't know if that is due to all of the changes we normally get here at UiPath or if that's just kind of the experience for any employee working at a startup. Um, but my experience has been um, a learning one, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I started my career in HR actually recruiting and um, I moved on to an HR consulting company where I was doing both recruiting and some um, HR administration. And I knew um, with that HR consulting company that I um, really wanted to work um, at a startup. That's where I you know, found the most opportunity, the most fun, the more um, learning experiences that I could have. Um, So when I was contemplating and thinking about my next move career-wise, I knew that I really wanted to work at a startup and Mm -hmm. um, ended up applying to UiPath and joining the team here. Um, So I don't know if everyone has the same kind of like targeted approach. I knew this was the space that I wanted to be in, um, but that was kind of my experience coming into here and Tying in my race, I know that I'm definitely one of the few um, working in this kind of environment, um, particularly um, working with a company that's focusing on RPA, um, working in technology as a whole. Um, There are just kind of a few and far between Black employees, Black female employees. So it's definitely something that I think we can all improve upon. And for anyone, you know, looking at tech and looking at, you know, being a minority member in tech, I think that when we were kind of growing up, I know my high school experience, we kind of pushed people towards roles that were 
very like stereotypical. If you wanted to succeed, you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, those kinds of roles, mm-hmm. um, not really considering technology and the impacts that it would have on our future. So a lot of people my age kind of just fell into these roles. Um, but I think it's really important for the people kind of like coming after me and coming after us um, to um kind of have a a more broad view as far as what can make a good career for their children. Absolutely. That that's, yeah, that's uh, powerful. I I give uh, um, a lot of kudos to Mo for having some insight into what uh, she wanted to do uh, coming to UiPath and being very clear on wanting to go the startup route. Uh, When I started, uh, at least early in my career, I didn't have that same amount of clarity. Uh, for the most part, I followed a direction based on the role models or, or people that I had access or insight to. So that was like family members, uncles who had done uh, electrical engineering, computer science. Uh, and so that's what I, I originally wound up studying when I was in undergrad. Uh, so I went to a HBCU, Tennessee State University. And I did that before I did the master's at MIT. And I would say that HBCU experience at the time allowed me a lot more flexibility, at least for me, uh, to really uh, peruse and figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, And of course, I did not figure it out by the time I finished (laughs) undergrad. I I wound up um, eventually going after the master's to a consulting company dabbling in data science, uh, consulting, eventually wanted to do more uh, in the general technology space because I saw how things were trending. Uh, But the the overall thought that was going on in my mind the whole time was that, you know, in years and years in consulting, I've never worked for a black manager, Mm -hmm. right? I've always been the most senior black person in the room, even when I was starting out. Uh, and those things make a difference uh, because you're, you, you're wondering, is there a possibility uh, for me over time as an individual, right, in these environments? So uh, what struck me about the startup world uh, as I become more versed in it is that I felt it would provide more potential, right? It's, it's entering uncharted new territory. Uh, there were a few things in the back of my mind when I looked at UiPath. Said this is a a company that's starting outside of the Silicon Valley area, right? It's in a technology space that ultimately has this whole democratization bent, uh, right? Where it's it's promising a, a future that belongs to the masses, right? And not just a select set of individuals. So that that led me to uh, UiPath and want to be a part of this company, but it was not a uh, a clear cut journey by any means. I I feel like uh, you all both had way more direction than I did. <laughs> um, I started out in different consulting houses. Um, I also went to an HBCU and started there. Um, I did not finish there, however. Um, I finished my undergrad and graduate journey online with University of Phoenix. So it was a little different because I worked and went to school full time. So, um, and I ended up at UiPath, funny, 
Um, I had never worked for a black manager until I was at PwC um, in HR. And um, she actually came to UiPath and, and basically told me I was coming too. So I didn't even know what UiPath was or what they did. What's RPA? It's what? Who? Um, robots. <laughs> so I said, okay. Um, you know, but, you know, now that I'm here, um, I think it's, it's shown me, number one, you know, there's a, there's a huge amount of grit that you have to have working for a startup, because I never thought I would work for a startup. I never had a desire. Um, but once I got here, I'm like, oh, okay, you roll up your sleeves like any other job. And it's just a little more of a roller coaster, as Mo says, <laughs> um, you know, as to what you're going to be doing from day to day. Um, but I do think it's important, you know, when you look at the RPA space, where it started um, and how it has, you know, downstream effects on our children, because, I mean, I have a my 12 year old son is always into something technology, some game, some computer, some something. Right. Um, and to be able to introduce him to something like RPA and get him involved now, right, and get him interested now, I think is important for not only right now, but as we mature and as, as UiPath matures and as we go down, you know, continue just on this journey um, and become more technological that he has a he has a, an option and a road to go down so I think it's very important speaking of children and how Robert and Monica you both said you know you didn't have black managers and a lot of your career starting out I want to bring up you know the fact that we have our first black and South Asian female VP Kamala Harris regardless of your politics it's a big deal. And Monica, you know, I know you're a mother. Like, how is this kind of representation going to shape our children and future generations to come? Yeah, so I think that, number one, the fact that she's a woman, you know, she's got this, she's the second most powerful person you know, in the United States. So, you know, if you go back a few years, right, when we were so excited to have Barack Obama in the office, you know, having the highest, you know, position in the land, for lack of better, you know, four years later, you know, we have a woman who's in office um, that just so happens to be of Jamaican and South Asian descent is amazing. Um, it shows not only little girls, you know, I have nieces, but it also shows big girls like me that, you know, we can do anything, you know, we, we can go anywhere, we can do anything, um, and, and we can achieve anything that we really put our mind to. So I think it's very important to our children in general to be able to see that, that maybe that glass ceiling isn't really glass, right? Or maybe it's not as high as we once thought it was going to be in order to reach that. I also think it, it begins to set a precedence for, for the next generation um, or 
you know, the next set of maybe it's not vice presidents, but maybe it's senators, uh, maybe it's council people, um, you know, it, it, it could be, you can start at the very bottom, right? Um, maybe somebody's out there like, you know what, I could be the CEO of my own company. It's all about being able to say, you know what, if she did that, I can do that too. And and whatever that that is, quote unquote, um, it doesn't have to be vice president, but I think it's so important um, to see that and to honor it and to respect it. Um, and, you know, if we look back in history, we, we know where women have come from, right? Um, and, and from there to now, and we have so far to go, but it's so exciting to, to see where we are right now. Can't overstate the importance of, uh, of that, right? Um, particularly when you mention, you know, having young children, um, you know, at that, that age, having someone where you can say their experience might be analogous to my own, right? Something visceral, right? Uh, something that you can relate to when you're young is very impactful because it directionalizes you. And to your point, Monica, it doesn't mean you're also going to wind up vice president, but you're going to you're gonna you're gonna say Kamala studied and got uh, straight A's. <laughs> you're gonna say <laughs> Kamala got her uh, professional degree, right? You're gonna say all of these things in your your head. It's internalized and it uh, it puts you on a path, right? And that's the most impactful thing. It's just very difficult uh, to do that to the same degree without someone that you can relate to. It doesn't mean that you can't take from other experiences, maybe different uh, gender, different different race, but it's um, it's definitely impactful when you can match those things up. Agreed. And I just want to call attention to the fact that she went to an HBCU. How would I mean, you? For <laughs> so many years. I Right. I mean, I remember evaluating my college opportunities and there's always kind of that thought in the back of your head that if this is the option that I go by and versus, you know, going to a PWI, would I have the same opportunities? And this really shows the fact that, you know, the sky's the limit that, you know, you can go anywhere and succeed. Yeah, and there is something, you know, Rob, that you said that that rang with me is that people see, you know, that she went to an HBCU and that, you know, she went on, you know, to get her law degree. But something that I found really interesting, she actually failed the bar the first time she took it. And I think that is so important because Sometimes you, you do things and you fail. That did not keep her down. That did not stop her from her goal. That was just a stumbling block. It was just a bump in the road. She took it a second time. She studied harder um, and she passed the bar the second time. And a lot of times I think even the failures, it's important to hear the failures because we don't often hear that. Um, and to know that it's okay to fail, right? It's what you do with that failure that will then define you. So if you fail and you don't do anything else, well, that failure will define you. If you fail and then continue or do it again, then that is what defines you. And I think when you talk about children and their their own little journeys, right, 
or their big journeys, it's important to talk to them about the failures and also the comebacks, you know, because it's the comeback that that's going to define you, not the failure. I also love the idea, too, of like, you know, how, Mo, you decided you wanted to go work at a startup and you made it happen. And I love the idea of little kids and like especially little girls being like, I want to be president one day and I'm going to start mapping out what I need to get done in order to make that happen because sky's the limit. Now, Robert, I sort of have a, a question for you. So you have a ton of experience, you know, working in the tech industry with 10 years at Booz Allen Hamilton. Um, and kind of how you mentioned, like, RPA is newer. It's more of an emerging technology. So we have an opportunity to shape what it will look like and define really what's important for our field. Like, how can we make RPA field more equitable and make sure it's more representative of the market talent that's out there? Uh, effort. I mean, the same amount of effort and belief that we have that we are going to change the future of work, we have to bring that same energy to uh, changing the future of education, right? Making it ubiquitous, making it equitable uh, and broad. And so that means you know, reaching out to uh, our community colleges and having uh, a broader set of uh, people be able to engage and learn RPA, whether it's as developers or business analysts or just people that are going to be entering the workforce uh, and they need to have an edge or a better understanding of how automation is going to impact them over their career. Um, it means reaching out uh, in, in uh, really working uh, with our historically black colleges and universities um, because I believe you got to meet people where they are Mm -hmm. uh, right. And if you look at HBCUs, uh, they're, they're really only about 3% of the student population, but they yield over a quarter uh, of the graduates in STEM fields. Uh, so it's very easy, I think, traditionally in the tech world to just say, okay, we're, we're going to be neutral. We're going to introduce people to our software broadly. We're going to hire from these 20 universities, but without really understanding uh, the history of something like our HBCUs and, and the impact that it has, not only in just educating a disproportionate number of people in the STEM fields, but also the, the cultural impact that that winds up um, permeating from that, or the downstream impact as those people enter the workforce, right? You, you've got to understand that and you've got to make a conscious effort uh, to really work uh, with the students and the faculty members in those institutions too, uh, if you believe it, right? It's it's sweat equity. Uh, you've you've got to really go after it uh, if you believe that we are going to change this future of work and education. I love the point that you highlighted, not just RPA developers, because I feel like sometimes when we talk about careers in tech, um, it's kind of gatekeeping a little. Um, people have an idea of what a tech job is and they kind of only think of the people who are coding in the background. Um, but there are lots of opportunities. I mean, um, we use 
our software and our HR processes every day. I mean, there are opportunities for people who are not as technically proficient <laughs> to still be successful. I mean, there's always people in supporting roles. So you might be working in tech and not actually be doing anything technical that you might think of, you know, a technical position. Um, so I think that it's really important for people who are, you know, going to school for business, um, finding a way to carve their, you know, their careers within technology because the, the opportunities are there. Yeah, I'm one of those people, Mo. <laughs> I, Same here. <laughs> I, I think it's important for us to to highlight the possibilities um, of UiPath and RPA, you know, um, to those HBCUs. I think we need to um, reach back and not only give them opportunity, um, but in some cases even show them what's available. I know um, I didn't have any insight into what was available in technology, you know, coming out of undergrad or grad school, right? Um, so I think we need to to reach back um, and give back. And even, you know, Rob and I have talked about even like grassroots efforts, right? We have people who are developers. So, okay, well, let's, let's figure out how to start, you know, like a little mini boot camp for even let's go back further than college. Let's look at high school juniors and seniors, right? We need to start there, get them involved, get them interested, get them excited. And then it's a little easier as they, oh, okay, you know what, STEM, oh, this is cool, STEM is cool. Let me, you know, see see how I wanna, how I wanna take this information and use it in the future. So um, I think it's important for us to, you know, as a company, as a community, to to look at all of the avenues that we have and give back to those avenues. Yeah, Monica, you, you raised a good point. I'm glad you brought up the importance of actually introducing it earlier, um, you know, in the education cycle. So we've had a number of people work with organizations like Black Girls Code, introducing you know, students that are of middle school, high school age, uh, and really a number of different uh, events and, and venues to, to what RPA can do. And there's a number of workforce development organizations that have really taken off right, to educate people that are unemployed. Uh, there's one organization that I've worked with in the Southeast that uh, has gone through and helped train people really from a wide variety of backgrounds, um, most not technical, how to be RPA developers right in the predominantly african-american that's awesome that's that's you know we we have to reach back and we have to pull people along just like you know kamala is doing with us right she's kind of pulling us along you've got to you you always have to go back and bring forward that's something that um that we could do better as a company um but i think that we're doing um we're on that journey, right? And and we're we're trying to to pull people just even in the company together, right? Um, we've started a an ERG called Black Paths to connect all of anyone of African descent and allies. Um, and I think you know by doing that, 
and starting to to talk to one another and understand what our strengths are, we can start to close the gap on the weaknesses and then start that grassroots effort and move forward in RPA, in technology, um, in community. That's wonderful. Well, I want to thank you all for joining this conversation. Um, and thank you, Monica, for giving a shout out to our ERGs that are continuing to grow and expand, um, especially in 2021. Um, so thank you all and um, listen to the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. We are continuing to record and publish podcasts, so stay tuned for the next episode. In the meantime, we also have a blog called Inside the Rocket Ship, where we feature different employees and take a deeper look into our technology. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Inside the Rocket Ship.